You're listening to the Quality of Love Podcast, your home for all things love, relationship, and mental health. Hosted by nationally certified life and relationship coach, Tyrone Dixon. Sit back, relax, and get tips on creating the life you deserve without wasting any more time. Welcome to the Quality of Love podcast. I'm your host, Tyrone Dixon, nationally certified life and relationship coach, husband, father to two beautiful princesses, and CEO and founder of Rosu Concrete Consulting. Thank you guys for taking the time out to listen in with us tonight. We really appreciate it. You guys have made it to another hump day. That means we have another question and answer episode geared up and ready to go for you guys. Before I do get into our quote of the day or quote of the week, that is, let me be the first to tell you guys that on next week, there will not be a quality of love podcast episode because my family and I just decided that we will be going on vacation. So my wife and I will be taking the girls to uh, Sesame Place, which is, I guess it's a um, area or park dedicated to Sesame Street characters. So that'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to seeing their faces as uh, many kids are. My kids are huge fans of Elmo, Big Bird, and the whole Sesame Street gang. So looking forward to taking them there. So again, next week, guys, there will not be an episode. I'm going to take some time off, take some time to kick it with the family and uh, get some relaxation in. Uh, we've been going hard for a while. Our numbers have been doing well. So uh, it's a good time to take a break, get some relaxation in, especially since I don't know if in your area it's bad, but our COVID rates have risen over in central New York. So it's a pretty good chance that we uh, will probably go into some sort of shutdown um, or something like that. And God forbid, hear me, here, here I go knocking on wood. God forbid. But if it does happen, at least we'll get some family time and some vacation time out of the way. So. Will not be an episode on next week. With that being said, we have our quote of the day or our quote of the week. Our quote of the week this week comes from an anonymous author and it reads, sometimes you need to take a break from everyone and spend time alone to experience, appreciate and love yourself. Once again, that quote is sometimes you need to take a break from everyone and spend time alone to experience, appreciate and love yourself. And that's a quote from an anonymous author. But that quote, uh, it really did a lot to me when I read it. Uh, I don't know when I actually written wrote this quote down in my book, but um, it, it meant a lot to me because it basically it solidified the fact that I needed to take self-care more serious than I was taking it at the time. And I needed to pretty much prioritize my own mental health in order to be the best person that I needed to be for myself and also for my family and others. So um, that quote, again, from an anonymous author, it it highlights the need to practice self-care, practice self-love and understand that in order to be the best version of you, you got to take some time and stay acquainted with yourself. Question number one from our relationship and mental health side of things. I cannot stop thinking about her. What should I do? Once again, that question is, I cannot stop thinking about her. What should I do? I think the first thing that you should do is you should embrace the emotions that come with thinking about her. A lot of times what we do as human beings is we kind of try to put our emotions off, especially after a breakup. 
or a, a divorce, whatever. Um, we kind of try to put our emotions to the side and say, oh, I don't want to think about them or I don't want them on, on my mind. And the more we do that, actually, I've learned over time, the more you do that, the more your brain will kind of overwhelm you and your subconscious will take over and the more you'll think about that individual. So if you try to do it the opposite way, um, which is a way that I believe in and a way that I coach my clients to do and embrace the emotions, right? Embrace the good times, embrace all the things that came with being in a relationship with her and also embrace the lessons that you learned, right? So what was the lesson that you needed to learn from that relationship in order to be a better version of yourself for the next person that you end up with in a relationship? Once you get to the point where you're able to process in that manner and take things in, I think that you'll realize that the relationship wasn't all bad. There were some things you could have improved on. And of course, there were some things she could have improved on um, in order to make it a healthy and long term relationship. So go ahead and embrace those emotions. I know it can be tough and can be difficult, but think about it as, as a positive thing and as a way to help you get over and, and, and heal. Really, really, that's what it boils down to a way to help you heal from a a broken relationship, a broken heart, but also take those lessons with you so that when you get into that next relationship, you're your best version of yourself. Question number two, what was the best way someone has broken up with you or how would you prefer to be broken up with? Once again, that question is, what was the best way someone broke up with you or how would you prefer to have it happen. I think the best way to break up with any individual is to tell them straight to their face um, over dinner, preferably. But if you can't have dinner, the best way to do it is to tell them face to face. That's the best way I've ever had it done to me. Um, And it felt good. And the reason why I can say that it felt good to be broken up with in that manner is because the person that broke up with me let me know exactly why um, they broke up with me in the situation. They also let me know what I could improve on um, when it comes to future relationships. And I took their advice and I applied it to future relationships and they ended up being or it ended up being successful. Obviously, I'm with my wife now, but the best way for me that I would encourage someone to break up with someone is to tell them face to face and tell them in a manner that that's tactful and that allows them to know that they can improve on things and hopefully end up finding a lasting relationship in the future. I am not a fan of people who ghost people or people who decide that they're just going to break up without letting a partner know what they did wrong or where they kind of could have improved upon. Again, I think that You've been in a relationship with this person. You guys have had some connection in the past, even though the connection may be stale or off. Now you have some sort of connection in the past, so they deserve to know why you're breaking up with them. Question number three. How can I prove to my girlfriend that I will change? Once again, that question is, how can I prove to my girlfriend that I will change? I think the best way to prove to anybody anything is through actions, right? The more you talk about it and your actions don't follow up with what your words are saying, I think the more people lack or tend to not believe you, rightfully so too, because you can say whatever you want, but your actions are what people watch and you're being measured by your actions. So if you're telling your girlfriend that you'll change, the best way to actually change or to make her believe in you and believe in the fact that you will change is to 
change with your behavior, right? So whatever the behavior is that you are um, exhibiting that's ruining in the relationship or making a relationship not a healthy one for her, stop exhibiting those behaviors and try to be more caring and empathetic to what she's experiencing and how she's going through life. Understand that as a man, we'll never be able to tap into the emotional elements um, or the emotional depth for that matter that a woman can tap into. So we have to be um, very mindful of that and be empathetic of that uh, because women, they're, they're naturally emotionally inclined and a lot of men aren't, right? We, we think just get over it or just suck it up kind of thing. That's, that's our mentality. But with women, it's not that easy and not that simple. So you have to be extremely empathetic to where she's where she's coming from. And of course, best way to change is through behavior, right? Show her through your behavior. With that being said, though, if you keep saying that you're going to change it and you are displaying the negative behavior continuously, understand that you are going to make it more and more difficult for yourself to to win that battle and to get her to believe in you because you're you're saying one thing and you're doing the complete opposite. Question number four, should someone have pictures of their ex on Facebook if they're in a new relationship? Once again, that question is, should someone have pictures of their ex on Facebook if they're in a new relationship? That's a no-no for me. Uh, That's absolutely no-no. In fact, it's a red flag if you ask me. Um, It's a red flag that they may not be over that individual or over that person. Of course, um, you know me. I'm always giving people the benefit of doubt. It's how I was trained, how I was coached, and how I, how I just I do things because I know sometimes we just operate as human beings. That is, we just operate off of our habits. So I would give them the benefit of doubt and have a conversation with them about how that's making you uncomfortable. If they have a quip about it or if they have a problem with that, then that makes it a bigger issue because I, I don't think people who keep pictures of their exes up on Facebook are over those people. And that could be hindering the success of your relationship long term. All right. So have that have a conversation. Give him or her the benefit of the doubt and um, and let them know how you feel that that's uncomfortable for anybody. You shouldn't feel like you you are competing with someone if you're in a relationship especially if how with how popular social media is it just gives off the wrong signal in terms of optics for me so i would have that conversation if there's a problem during the conversation then i would start to probably look for an exit in that relationship because that's something that i wouldn't be able to deal with question number five Why would someone I never officially dated deny my friend request? It's been a year since I rejected him. Once again, that question is, why would someone who I never officially dated deny my friend request? It's been a year since I rejected him. (laughs) Um, Simply put, men uh, take rejection really, really hard in some cases. And it sounds like uh, that rejection that you did over a year ago, this gentleman is taking it pretty hard. So um, that's where I would go with that one uh, and understand that, uh, yeah, men, some men are, are are relatively sensitive when it comes to rejection. So if you're going to reject them or if you do reject them, understand that they might carry that on uh, in a personal way for a very, very long time. I've seen personally 
men carry rejection on for years and even decades. So uh, be prepared to probably not have that friend request accepted for a long time. And finally, question number six, how do you get your jealous ex to leave you alone? Once again, that question is, how do you get your jealous ex to leave you alone? I think the simplest way to get a jealous ex to leave you alone would be to show them the benefits of not having you in their life. Right. So showing them like so many there's so many things you can accomplish without having me in your life. I'm I'm slowing you down or I'm putting you in a bad place using that type of language with them. It usually allows them to see that um, they can find, quote unquote, better people or there are there is a better person out there for them. Um, I know some people call that manipulation or, or psychological warfare. I just look at it as it jealous exes can be very, very difficult to get rid of. So um, you got to you got to use all you have. And in those instances, I found that the best way to do or get rid of a jealous ex would be to tell them and show them how great their life would be without you in it. All right, let's touch on some insight from a former narcissist. Question number one, do all victims and new supply get trauma bonded with narcissists? Once again, that question is, do all victims and new supplies get trauma bonded with narcissists? Not necessarily. I think one of the things that that's very um, difficult to tell early on when dealing with the narcissist is the extent to which they are charming and which they are uh, usually likable to not only ourselves, but many people. So in a lot of cases, a narcissist will put on their charm to lure you in and to kind of get you in the fold. And once they put on their charm or whatnot, um, and you're in the fold, then you usually realize it a little too late. So it's not always a trauma bond situation. In some cases it can be, but I don't, I don't feel at least from my, my perspective that it's always a trauma bond situation. In some cases, it's just, you fell for their charm and, and now you're, you're in too deep, so to speak. Question number two, how do narcissists treat their friends? Once again, that question is, how do narcissists treat their friends? I think there are two ways. There's two kind of avenues when it comes to friends with narcissists. There's one avenue in which a narcissist will treat their friends better than they would treat their partner, so to speak. And the reason that that happens is because their friends don't see that side of them that their partner sees or they don't spend as much time with them as their partner, naturally, as much time with them as their partner would. So their friend doesn't don't see that side and they usually get treated a little better than um, the partner would be treated. And then there's the other case. And in that case, there's the friends or friend that's been around them for a long time and knows their behavior and, and is very familiar with how they act and how they treat people. And they get treated the same way. Right. It, it's not really different for the narcissist. They treat them the exact same way because they've been around them for so long and they've already been exposed to a lot of their narcissistic traits and characteristics. So those are the two pots that I typically see um, friends of narcissistic individuals fall in. Question number three, how do many narcissists fail to understand the irony? Once again, that question is, how do many narcissists fail to understand the irony? 
because they're not set up or built to to think in terms of the irony or even built in terms of being a reflective individual, right? Narcissists are narcissists for a reason. They have that, that title for a reason. And that reason is they're not set up to be socially aware, which means to think about others or empathetic. They're not socially aware or empathetic, so they don't think much or care about others unless it benefits them in some way, shape or form. And that's just how they are. So when they do get into situations in which they get broken up with or exposed for the person that they really are, it's not really a trigger to them or it, it's not bothersome to them because they'll just find in their mind, that is, they'll just find a new supply that will allow them to to use that those traits and characteristics that they've been using on you and others. Question number four, what should you never do to a narcissist? Once again, that question is, what should you never do to a narcissist? I think what you should never do to a narcissist is a very interesting question. Um, Cause I would say get involved with one, but obviously that's not realistic for someone who's already involved in a relationship with a narcissistic individual. Um, but once involved, I would say never give them the benefit of the doubt when they show and display behaviors of non-caring or not committed to your needs. Because sometimes we're conditioned to give our partners the benefit of the doubt in, in cases in which they maybe overstep our boundaries or do something that we're we're not accustomed to or we don't like. Whenever that happens or whenever you see that displayed from a narcissistic individual, don't ever be like, well, you know, they probably didn't mean that or they probably do care about me, um, but uh, they just don't know how to display it or they don't know how to show it. Don't give them the benefit of the doubt, because once you do, they'll feed off of that and they'll continue to play the victim um, all the way up until you feel bad for having firm boundaries and establishing your own boundaries outside of the relationship with them. Question number five, why are most narcissists incapable of introspection? Once again, that question is, why are most narcissists incapable of introspection? Um, similar to the, actually, that's funny. The question number three, where it asks, why do many narcissists fail to understand the irony? Same thing. They're just not set up to, to be someone who's reflective and to look at things from their perspective or the perspective of, well, am I wrong or could I be wrong in this situation? They're not conditioned to do that. So to be introspective and to try to learn from their mistakes or learn from the ways in which they've harmed people is just not a realistic thing to expect from a narcissist because they're wired to continue to try to get over on you and continue to try to take advantage of any relationships that they can. And finally, question number six, why do narcissists say I love you? But according to you, say you say that they cannot love. Once again, that question is, why do narcissists say I love you, but according to you, you say they cannot love? Because anybody can say anything at the end of the day, right? Anybody can say words out of their mouth. I would encourage you to not listen to that narcissistic individual's words and pay attention to their behavior. What is their behavior indicating to you? Is their behavior indicating that they love you? Uh, if you called them a narcissist, I'm willing to bet 
that their behavior is not indicating to you that they actually love you. And in those cases, that's how you can tell that that person doesn't actually love you. All right. It's one thing to tell someone that I love you. It's a complete another thing to show an individual that you love them through your actions and through the things that you do for them, like being empathetic, taking care of their needs, expressing to them your needs and being receptive to the fact that a relationship is ever changing and there are different dynamics to the relationship. Things can't go your way all the time. Narcissistic people want things to go their way all the time. And that's how you know they don't truly love you. All right, that's all we have for you guys tonight. Remember, there is no episode next week, but you guys are more than welcome to hit us up at TQLP20 at gmail.com. With any questions that you guys have, we'll be back that following week. I believe it's that first week of September. Oh, man, that's crazy. Summer's gone. School is about to start for our, our uh, oldest baby girl. So, oh, man, we're, we've got a lot of exciting things going on. So, we will catch you guys in a couple of weeks. Be safe. Um, wear your mask. Make sure you're taking care of yourself and your family. And as always, remember, guys, the quality of love and relationships that you have in your life will determine the quality of your life. Peace and love. <laughs>